0: How do you become a multi-sensory learner? You're thinking, Jim, what is a multi-sensory learner? Why do I want to do that? Is it going to help me with my focus? Is it going to help me to be able to retain and remember information better? Is it going to make me a more creative thinker? And my answer is yes. Because, first of all, what is multi-sensory learning? It's this idea that individuals learn better if you are taught using more than one of your senses. Basically, in school, the primary sense that you're activating is your sense of sight through reading and your sense of hearing, meaning through lectures. And here's the thing. It's very limited because we live in a multisensory world. If you take a walk outside, let's say you're walking on the beach, you experience it fully. That's your humanity. You could see it right? You could see the ocean waves, but you could also hear the ocean waves. You can feel the water trickling on your toes. You could feel the temperature of the beach. You could smell the seaweed. You could smell the fish. You could almost taste it, right? So life is multi-sensory, but traditional learning usually only appeals to one or two of the senses. And here's the thing. When it comes to learning, the more senses you stimulate, the more you're able to learn and retain new knowledge. And it shouldn't sound at all too surprising. Most of our strongest memories, as we've had these conversations in previous episodes, are built around combining sensations, right? We see it, we hear it, we taste it, we experience it. And marketers know this. They create experiences. And when you walk into a theme park, or you walk into a mall, or you buy a product, You could see that phone, you could hear that phone. It's very tactical, you know, it vibrates. You get a full experience here. And so how do you activate this in your education? Now you might have done this. You might have sung a song in science. You may have counted using your fingers, which is kinesthetic applied towards math. And so we're gonna talk about this and also how it also improves your focus. Because a lot of people zone out. You're spending three, four, five, six, seven hours a day in meetings or at school and you're processing information. You lose your attention, maybe, which I highly recommend you listen to the episode we did on focus and also the episode we did on study skills. But when students, human beings, we are learning through multi sensory channels, we're going to have greater attention because how much of your brain is being stimulated. If you are going through and let's say you're learning something, but it's requiring your physicality, your body, and also you're doing that while you're listening to instructions and seeing information also as well, there's not much of an opportunity for your attention to stray because you're challenging and stimulating all of your senses. So what I'm going to introduce you to is the follow-up to the episode we did on how to remember numbers instantly. And that, like this one, was cut from a client training that I was doing. Many of you know that we publish through Quick Learning incredible programs on how to read faster, how to improve your focus, how to improve your memory, how to be a better thinker, student success programs that last 21 to 30 days. So they're not tips, they're more training to so that they are habits And so I'm going to cut to a conversation that I'm having. And so you're going to go behind closed doors. So if you haven't listened to the episode on how to remember numbers instantly, it's not required, but it is recommended. So here you go. One of the ways that helps to activate what I call your quick recall ability so you could be fast and curious, if you will, is using more of your senses. You know, part of your nervous system, you know, obviously you have a brain, but you also have these five senses where data information come through. And part of it is using them ritually. We have this internal representation, a representation of the information inside your mind. And what I do when I want to memorize numbers is lots of different ways. But I first want to be able to optimize my sensory experience of the information. And what that means is, let's take like our primary learning styles. Many of you know, when I was growing up, I had these learning challenges, I had a head injury, and it left me feeling like I was broken. But one of the things when I discovered, when I started studying the brain and memory and neuroscience, adult learning theory and speed reading and all these different things, is that it's not so much how smart someone is, but really how are they smart. And part of how you are smart is how you process information in terms of how you prefer to learn something. And there's three main styles and you know what these three things are because they're intuitive or if you've gone through our programs before or you learned it somewhere else. But I'm going to show you how to apply those three learning styles towards maximizing your memory. So the first style I'm going to talk about is visual, right? Where are visual creatures? Raise your hand if you prefer to learn something by looking at it or by reading it. And so what I do when it comes to visualization, I want to memorize numbers. And again, you could have inserted whatever it is, facts or another language or anything to what I'm talking about, let's focus on numbers in this session, is I'll visualize it, okay? So I'll look at the numbers I need to memorize on a piece of paper or I'll write them down or I'll be on a computer screen and then I'll close my eyes and I'll visualize those numbers. Now, specifically how I do it is there's research that suggests that how you use your eyes allows you to access different parts of your brain, Okay, Because the theory is it sends more blood flow in that area of your brain that allows for better processing. And this is an oversimplification, but try this with me. Part of what helps you to visualize is by looking up. So as you look up in certain directions, and even if I asked you a question, like how many windows are in your home? If you think about your home right now, how many windows are there? You know, most of you will find that you're looking up to be able to more easily access that visual part of your brain. And so you could look up to help you to be able to memorize these things. The other thing when it comes to memorizing numbers is I like to picture them. Let's say I have them written out on a piece of paper. I actually, in my mind, though, I like to visualize them in a way where it's a specific color. And maybe it's my favorite color. Maybe it has a certain level of texture or thickness to the marker, if you will. And so you could use things and maybe you're putting things, maybe you have an affinity for jewels or something, and then you can make it kind of all blinged out <laughs> and you have jewels around the numbers because some of people are extremely visual. And if you tend to be more of a visual learner or visual rememberer, if you will, then use that strength. And when you need to be able to memorize something, let's say it was a specific date, like, In the United States, the state of Kentucky became part of the U.S. in 1792. And so you would picture 1792, but maybe you picture it in yellow or in orange or in green. Imagine the numbers have a certain level of thickness to the fonts, if you will. Imagine that you have colors or rainbows or jewels like we talked about earlier, or squeaky lines, whatever it is, imagine that. Because what it's using, it's using more of your nervous system, which takes up more space in your brain, which actually helps you to remember it more because you're building that tapestry of memories, if you will. So that's the first part is visual. And if you ever need to be able to visualize things, it helps to be able to look up. Even when I'm doing these demonstrations, if I'm using a visual method while I'm on stage, you can actually see my eyes on camera actually look up because it helps to be able to access that. Now that's the visual component. The second area of learning things applied specifically towards numbers is auditory, right? A lot of times you're not maybe seeing it, but you need to be able to hear it and not only hear it from somebody else, but also maybe hear it inside your own mind or hear your own voice. And when I'm thinking about the different variables for when it comes to auditory learning, what you're doing is basically you're repeating something. So going back to Kentucky 1792, you're saying to yourself, 1792, right? And another, by the way, quick tip on top of it, coming from an auditory perspective, it helps to be able to have certain music helps with your memory. So you can write this down. You have different states of brainwave states. Maybe we'll talk about this in a future session, but you have delta, theta, alpha, beta, Okay. And those are different brainwave states that your brain is kind of fluxing through throughout the day. Beta is when you're most awake and Delta is when you're fast asleep. The theta state right before you fall asleep is a state of creativity. And that's the state that you're in when you're very creative, when you first go to sleep or you first wake up, if you will, you know, your imagination is flowing. That's usually coming from a theta state. That's a creativity state. The alpha state though is the state you want to learn things in. And so it helps to put yourself into an alpha state because that's the state of like relaxed awareness, where you're just like meditating, or you're watching television, or you're doing deep breathing, it helps to put you into an alpha state. And information, it's kind of like your conscious mind, your unconscious mind. Your conscious mind is kind of set aside and information is just flowing through into your unconscious. And that's really the things that you remember. The things that you remember most of the time you're unconscious about, you know, how to tie your shoes or how to get from here to there, or just the words, you know, I'm using thousands of words, you know, during this talk. Conversations you and I are having, but you're instantly unconsciously processing that. And so, auditory, what I'm asking you to do if you want to remember something is to repeat it. So, repetition is very important, but not just repeat it, but repeat different elements so you can do it in a way where you could increase the volume, right? So, you could say it louder, and that helps you to be able to remember numbers also as well. Obviously, you could apply these towards. Scripts for a play or foreign languages and such. Sometimes tonality. Some people, they're really interested in auditory learning. And so what they'll do is they'll not only repeat what they need to remember, let's say pi, you know, you remember pi back in school, 3.1415, you know, that kind of thing. Some people, you know, use these strategies. And what I'm going to teach you to memorize pi to the hundredth, you know, digit or 200th or 10,000th digit. And so part of what they'll do is not only just repeat things, but they'll repeat it in certain volumes in certain tempos and certain tonalities. Maybe they'll repeat it and they'll sound like Mickey Mouse, right? And so that makes it more memorable to you because, you know, as you know, if you've gone through our quick recall masterclass, you know, training program, you know, part of it is novelty. People remember novelty. And so using different tonalities, maybe doing it in a more seductive voice or in a more childlike voice or in a more sound voice, whatever that is, it makes it more memorable. So that's what we're talking about auditory, changing things, tonality, changing things like volume, repetition helps especially if you like to learn things through cadence. Like think about how you memorize the alphabet, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I. It's even hard to say the alphabet without actually going to the tonality and actually going to the rhythm, right? And so going through the alphabet, you could do it, but a visual person would be able to go backwards. They'd be able to go Z and then Y and then go back, right? Because they see it, you know? And then you could apply everything I'm talking about with numbers, with letters. Everything I'm talking about, most of these principles, you could apply towards memorizing the spelling, if you want to be a better speller. And we can focus that in another session if you'd like also as well. Okay, so auditory is important. And finally, the third way people prefer to learn things is kinesthetically. And kinesthetics is just a fancy word for using your body or using emotion, right? And so, for example, remembering names, you know, we talk about different strategies and a strategy that FDR did. You know, president was uh, very good at remembering names. He would actually picture on people's forehead, their name like maybe like a name tag, if you will, and he would spell it out there and he would see it maybe, and then improving on it, see it in your favorite color. But kinesthetically, what I would do is actually, besides saying the name, which is the auditory part, kinesthetically is I would actually imagine learning someone's name, for example, this is just one quick tip, is actually handwriting it on their forehead. So you'd use these micro movements. You wouldn't literally do this, obviously, but if your hands are by your sides or in your pockets, imagine using micro movements and actually writing them down. Similar to remembering names with that strategy, you could apply that towards memorizing numbers. So, if you needed to remember something like the date of something, let's say first people on the moon, Neil Armstrong was July 20th, 1969. If you needed to remember 072069, you know, what some people would use in the strategy kinesthetic is they would actually write it out. And so, writing it out helps you to remember right? That's why we encourage people to take notes and also to journal and such like that. But even if you can't write it out, it helps to do those micro movements. So get the kinesthetics. And kinesthetic memory is your body memory, right? This is your muscle memory. So riding a bike, learning sports, you know, learning certain martial arts or dance moves, this is your kinesthetic memory. So using all three is what I encourage people to do learning anything. Visual, auditory, kinesthetic, you stack it, you know, create what they call in science a synesthesia. Synesthesia is like a, melding or a synthesis of your senses coming together. And, you know, in research, finding people who have these incredible memories, a lot of them are synesthetic, meaning that when they hear numbers, They not only hear the numbers, but they see the colors that come along with it. You know, it has a certain flavor, if you will. Can you imagine that, that each number actually has a flavor? Or every single number has a specific tone or sound along with it, or maybe a smell with it. But basically what you're using is using more of your nervous system, and it takes up more space, so it's more memorable to you right? Because you're more engaged and more active in it. And so that's your visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. And I would encourage you using that from a principle base, apply that towards the different techniques. And what it happens is it becomes a magnifier, much like improving your memory becomes a magnifier or multiplier in your life. So does using more of your senses. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We know from teaching our programs for over 25 years that, for example, it doesn't just apply towards numbers. It's easier to learn vocabulary in foreign languages, for example, if your brain can link a given word with different sensory perceptions. For example, if you use your kinesthetic system, your motor system of your brain, when you not only hear vocabulary, let's say a foreign language, but you express it using gestures, you're more likely to remember it. Some of you have gone through our programs where I teach you how to count the Japanese in three minutes. You're saying it, you're seeing it, and also you're doing it. Also, remember that learning with images also helps, as we talked about in here. So when you're seeing it and you're imagining it and you're using these different several senses, it's far superior than just listening to somebody or just reading something. So if you wanted to learn Spanish, and we've talked about this in depth in language learning in our programs, the Spanish word for eggs is huevos. And let's say you imagine that huevos, you picture waves and they have a bunch of holes in them and you're throwing what in them, you're throwing eggs and you have that experience. It's much more memorable than just seeing it on a flashcard, especially if you make an egg gesture and you could taste the egg, and you could look at a picture of an egg or in the picture of your mind, like the story we just told. But the bottom line is this, appealing to more senses makes knowledge more sticky. Learning is faster and easier when several senses are stimulated. And also remember, you learn faster when you teach. So here's what I challenge you to do right now. I challenge you to take a screenshot of this episode or of this video. And what i like you to do is to post it. And when you post it, remember, when you teach something, you get to learn it twice. When you share and teach something, you get to learn it twice. So when you post it on social media, what i like you to do is share your big aha. What is one insight or idea or action you're gonna take based on this episode? Publish it publicly because that's your statement. What is this doing is this training the habit again of you showing up for yourself. You make in a public statement that you do have a quick brain, that you love your brain and you're always learning. And you're also not only learning to earn, you learn so you could earn, so you could also return. And as always, I'm going to repost some of my favorite posts of yours. So make sure you tag at Jim Quick and at Quick Learning. Want to double your brain speed and memory power?